You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Mike and Ernest. Mike and Ernest, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you. Thank thanks you. for having us. So let's start at the top. Um, uh, what are you guys working on now? And of course, I should have said this is Mike Madison and Ernest Suarez. Um, where where are you both now, and um, and what are you currently working on? Uh, well, I'm uh, at home outside of this is Mike. I'm at home outside of Atlanta. Uh, it's the night before I'm about to leave for a month long tour, so uh, I'm just kind of packing and uh, getting my mind straight. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm focusing on. Uh, this is Ernest, and I moved between West Virginia, uh, the mountains, and D.C. And I'm in the mountains right now, and what I've been doing is uh, working on prepping Mike and my next book, which is going to be on Ralph Ellison and Robert Penn Warren. So let's talk about that. Should we, should we jump into that for today, you, your next book, or, or how you collaborate together? Unless you guys want to talk about something else, does that sound like a, a good way to, to move forward? Sure. So yeah, take, either one of you take that um, because this is, of course, about your collaboration and your, you've done a number of different things. But but tell me about this book. How how is that taking shape, and what will that be about? Uh, well, maybe first we should say that uh, the, the book that we just put out in November is called Poetic Songverse: uh, Blues-Based Poetry and uh, Blues-Based Music and Poetry. And uh, that was something a conversation that Ernest really started about eight years ago. Um, as he taught uh, his class Poetry and Rock at Catholic University, where he teaches and chairs the uh, English department. And he kind of wrote me into it. Um, we had met uh, when he was doing background on a guy um, who's the band leader of the band I play in, Derek Trucks, uh, for the New York Times, I believe. And we just started talking about poetry and music and, and life. And, and he said, you know, I, I have an idea. There's, there's a book I've been wanting to write, but I need a little help on the music side of things. And so that's when we started on that, that journey for a poetic song verse. So, so to talk and, a little bit more about poetic song verse, that's, um, uh, that's out now and there's links here. So people can also buy this book or listening to this. Um, but yeah, tell me a, a little more about, about that book as well. I think, um, Ernest was about to speak or was that Mike? Uh, Ernest. yeah, I was about to speak for Ernest. Well, poetic song verse is about the moment that, uh, blues based popular music and poetry come into sustained contact in the late fifties and, uh, the early to mid sixties and how that changes uh, songwriting uh, through the work of, of primarily Bob Dylan, but also uh, then Dylan influences uh, McCartney and Lennon and Jagger and Richards and Joni Mitchell uh, and Jim Morrison, and we get a new type of song that what we say is also a type of literature. It's both song and literature. And let's jump into that because that's sort of fascinating. You know, I, I think it was when um, Dylan won the uh, Nobel Prize for Literature, right? That that began getting talked about a lot. But but typically, um, that's that's not how it's approached in in, in academia. Is, is that correct? That, that that they're not really given um, 
the same do as, as literature, songs and song lyrics? Well, there are archaic forms of, of song um, that are often treated as poetry. But uh, popular music and popular music of the 20th century is typically not uh, treated as literature. So we uh, really pinpoint the moment that uh, poetry and uh, popular music collide and how that changes the way songs are written. And, and when is that moment? If we, can, if we can jump right to that. I know you're doing it through a number of artists that you're speaking about at this particular moment. But, um, but in writing the book, is there, is there a story you want to tell or, or a moment that seemed um, particularly exciting for you both? Uh, well, you know, uh, in, in terms of writing the book, uh, first and foremost, um, we weren't sure if we were on to something that was uh, valid, really. I mean, we, we were kind of grasping around trying to think about and, 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 and talk about and talk around what we were, what we were grasping for. And, um, and, and Ernest hit upon this idea that we were talking about a new literary genre, again, that it wasn't poetry. Uh, it wasn't song; it was poetic song verse, and, um, and which, which again is something we just made up. But we realized we had to kind of start beginning to create our own vocabulary to talk about this kind of ephemeral thing. And after we've been working on the book for about three years, is when Dylan won the Nobel Prize. And it's interesting to read the citation too, because even the Nobel Committee is kind of talking around their decision and maybe trying to justify it and not really having the language for it. And that really was uh, encouraging for us to keep going on, um, on our path. Uh, but in, in terms of a moment in, in the history of songwriting, as, as Ernest said before, it really kind of does begin uh, with, with in the early 60s and, and around Bob Dylan and this music kind of coming out of the folk scene, uh, not just the music, but, but the scene it had created uh, uh, particularly in Greenwich Village. In those, so coffee shops, yeah. Yeah. in those coffee shops and so on around Greenwich Village, uh, the new American poetry, the American poetry that develops after World War II, which isn't uh, based on uh, traditional poetic meters, it's based often on the sound of the human voice. And at the same time, what you have with blues is a type of music that, instead of being based on Western harmonics, is based on the sound of the human voice. And that created, um, uh, that created the synergy that allowed the two forms to merge. And, and, and you made an allusion to the, the Nobel um, Committee was also, um, it sounded like having... having um, trouble with with the language going going back and forth i i don't know the process that well so what did you what did you mean there uh i i guess i meant that as as they were citing bob dylan uh they, they were they were talking about his unique contributions and but but they couldn't just come out and say that he was a writer or a literary writer they had to try to they were trying to formulate uh, their reasoning in giving him the Nobel Prize in in literature because he he's not a traditional practitioner of literature and um, and again that's when we really thought that we were we were onto something here and and so you are onto something and the and the book is out and it's it's uh, it's pretty exciting exploration 
of that. Um, how has it how has it been received? You know that you're in a sense you're you're revising history, and, and usually with with academics, with academics and historians, this is a tricky area. How how has it been received, or has there been pushback, or or has it been embraced in a way that that you're surprised? Ernest, do well, you want to take that? Yeah, we we were on um, seminars on the topic uh, for years. Uh, with an uh, association, with the Association of Literary Scholars, Critics, and Writers. Uh, quite a few members we have right there in the Yale English Department, as a matter of fact. So uh, in that sense, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people who uh, have known our work for a while. Academic reviews, the book is new, aren't really coming out yet. But as far as the popular press uh, goes and popular media goes, we've gotten a lot of positive attention and are very happy with it. I'd add, too, that as a rule of thumb, not not to stereotype, but I I, I think uh, traditional academics are are interested but skeptical. (laughs) Uh, But the musicians I know in in the music world are are really excited about it. And and that seems to hold true for poets as well. So there's kind of an interesting... um, interesting way that it's playing out in, in these different communities, just, just from a kind of a loose uh, observation that I've made. Well, that's interesting. No, I'm interested in that, probably, in that observation. Yeah, I, go, go on, please. Yeah. No, I think Mike's right about that. The poets and the musicians, the creative artists, have really embraced the book and the notion of poetic song verse. Uh, academics, we will see. And uh, and that's that's so interesting, right? Because academics are a different a different world, a slightly different field, really, than than the artists. So, so yeah, I I, I I like to hear that. That's um, it has been embraced by them, and and so this kind of exploration is, in terms of being embraced by them, is is affirming something you think that 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 they felt all along, or um, or. Or is, uh, it, is well, it kind of opening well, people's eyes to something? Yeah. What do you think about that? I don't know. That? I, I think we do a couple things. I, I, I think we, we, again, we provide a framework and a vocabulary so, we, so people can talk about this stuff. Musicians might not necessarily have the, uh, the, the literary vocabulary and, and vice versa. Um, what we do say in the book, as we've just kind of observed over the years, uh, just from personal observation, but also you know through the through the history of music, is there's this interesting uh, relationship between musicians and poets, and and musicians have traditionally craved the poet's seriousness or or being taken as high art, and the poets have looked across that divide and and wanted to be like musicians because they want to be cool, and uh, and and so I think it works out for both groups. <laughs> If if they finally have a common language uh, where they can they can talk about um, what what happens in, in in between their columns, that's so interesting. You know, isn't it that kind of uh, the way the way artists can can relate in some ways to to, to different genres and, and more, and, uh, and that's kind of fascinating. So um, so I want to congratulate you both on this book. This is a uh, I, I think a really exciting piece of work. Is there is there other? I want to talk about what other things that you guys are putting together. But um, but in terms of this book, um, is there anything else we should explore that that we haven't talked about yet? I I don't want to give away too much of it because I want uh, people listening to read this. 
but um, but in terms of looking back on, on producing this book, is there, is there anything else that you both want to mention about this book? I would say that it's, it was very important to us that we started uh, looking at the origins of poetic song verse and dipped all the way back to the blues, the blues at the turn of the 20th century and then as it developed throughout the uh, 20th century and how that made uh, this particular form possible. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. And, 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 of course, a figure like Dylan has... Um um, is, is part of that chain of events. But, you know, is it true that he has kind of a sort of outsized influence on, on, on the history of that because of the way he's consistently writing? Uh, of the blues or... Um, poetic song verse, so to, so to speak. Po- poetic, poetic song verse. Well, again, he, he was kind of at, 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 the, at the axis point of, of all these things coming together. And, you know, as, as a folk practitioner what he began as um to, to be a musician in that scene you had to have a you had to have a great blues vocabulary um right right that's that's of course part of it and um so let's let's to just before we go what what are you both working on now what is the next project well we've we've for years together have edited a feature that's now in a, a magazine called literary matters uh, that's about poetry and music. So we're constantly working on that. But the thing that we're just starting is this book on uh, Ralph Ellison and Robert Penn Warren and mid-20th century uh, American uh, literary and artistic culture. That's so, that's so interesting. So to just dive into that a little bit, how does that how does that begin uh, research like that in a book like that? It would seem to me that there's an enormous amount to read and go through, and that that sounds so daunting to me. How does how does that process work in in terms of knowing when you read enough, or or even how to begin on something as 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 huge as as that sounds? Well, if we could do poetic song verse, we can do this. Um, uh, Mike and I have been reading uh, Warren and Ellison uh, for years. And the first thing that you do, of course, is read all of their primary work. And then you start dipping into the uh, uh, criticism. But these are, the, these are things that both of us have been intrigued by and have been reading in and thinking about for a long time. Well, thank you. Thank you both for talking to me today about it. There's links here, of course, so people can get the book and learn more. Uh, before we go, I just wanted to ask you both one more question, which is what are you both reading at the moment? You, you, you may have just answered it uh, in preparation for your next book, but is there something else you're, you're reading that you want to mention? Uh, I'm actually rereading a book. Um, it's uh, the biography of uh, Martin Luther by uh, Here I Stand by Roland Bainton. I happen to be going to Germany this year, so uh, that was kind of put me in a, 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 a you know a, a Deutsch mood. <laughs> <laughs> and and I've been reading Joseph Conrad. I've been uh, you know I've read Conrad for many years, but hadn't read him for some time. And what I like to do is take different writers and do deep dives. So I think now I've read something like six or seven Conrad novels in a row. Well, that sounds, that, that sounds interesting, too. I haven't read that in a while. Well, I want to 
Uh, Mike and Ernest, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been a pleasure. I wish you guys well with your future book and, um, and, and of course, with the current one, which there's links to here for Mike and Ernest. Thanks again for talking with me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.